بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين In a previous episode we touched on what is known as الخيار أو خيار خيار basically means you have a choice A choice to do what? A choice to either go forth and complete the transaction الإمضاء Or you have a choice to cancel this transaction, which is known as al-fasqh. Inshallah, in today's episode, we want to go into this in a little bit more detail. Remember, here we are just scratching the surface. The purpose of these episodes are to educate us that such things exist in Islam and to show us as Muslims and also for those who are non-Muslims when they look at Islam, they can see that Islam is a complete religion. There is nothing that we need which has been left out by Allah and His Messenger. So previously we spoke about something known as Khiyarul Majlis. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in a hadith recorded in Sahih al-Bukhari, Al-Bayyani bil khiyari ma lam yatafarraqa. Both parties, the one who is buying, the one who is selling, they both have a choice whether they want to carry on with the transaction or cancel it as long as they are still in the same sitting. This is known as khiyarul majlis. So when you are in a shop, for example, and you have picked out a product, you are still in that shop, you are still with the seller, you have a choice whether you want to buy or not to buy. When it comes to buying and selling online, the ulama mentioned that as long as you are still on the website, you haven't checked out, you still have that choice and that's common sense. It's normal. The same thing when it comes to carrying out a transaction on the phone. As long as both the buyer and the seller are still on the line, they both have a choice whether they want to carry on or not to carry on, to cancel. So for example, let's say you have phoned a car dealership and you want to buy a car. You order your car, you agree on the price, and then you're still on the line, you haven't yet hung up, and all of a sudden you feel that, oh, you don't really want to buy it, it is your right as a Muslim to tell that person, the car salesman, that now you don't want to buy. This is known as khiyarul majlis. And as we can see, khiyarul majlis, this choice, it comes to an end when both parties have separated or departed. The scholars have mentioned this departure and this separation in a lot of detail. What happens now if a person wants to buy a car? And they want to try it for a few days, they want to see how it is, or you want to buy a house in a certain part of the city, you want to try that house, you want to see it for a few days, maybe the street is too busy, maybe there's too much noise, maybe there's a problem with the water. How would you go about? Because we mentioned before that khiyarul majlis comes to an end as soon as the buyer and the seller have separated. For this, there is something known as khiyarul shart. Basically, either of the two parties have a choice to ask the other party for some extra time. So, for example, you want to buy a car, but you tell the seller that before I buy this car, give me a choice. Let me test it for three days. After that, I'll get back to you. So, how does this work? When you go to the seller, you've paid the money, you've taken your car, Within those three days that you have both agreed upon, if you don't like the car, you can go and give it back and take your money back. And as long as this has been agreed upon between both parties, then you have the right. So for example, let's say you are buying a phone from somebody and you tell them, no problem, 
I will buy this phone, but give me a choice or give me time one week so I can make up my mind. So let's say you agree, for example, on a new iPhone and the seller wants to sell it to you for a thousand dollars. He is very happy. He's making a profit. You are happy because you've taken the phone and you've both agreed that he's giving you a week to make up your mind. Towards the end of the week, your time is still not up. Maybe you have a day left and you decide, you know what? I don't want this phone. You've both agreed. So it is from your rights that you can cancel this transaction. So you can go back and tell him, look, we agreed that I would have a week and I don't really want the phone. You give back the phone and you take back your money. This is allowed in the Sharia. And once again, as we mentioned before, we are just scratching the surface when it comes to these Masail. Our whole aim is to educate one another that such things exist in Islam. Yes, there is more detail that the scholars have mentioned in the books of fiqh, for example, how long can this be, how many days, and so on and so forth. What's important to remember is you as a buyer or you as a seller, you have this choice as long as you have both agreed. So for example, let's say somebody who is selling the car. You go to him and you ask him for a car. He says, no problem. I will sell it to you on condition that you give me one week to fully think about it. So you give him the money and you take the car. Towards the end of the week, you happy, but him as the seller, he wants to cancel this transaction. As long as you have both agreed, then no problem. That is his right. So this is known as khiyaru shart and there is a lot of detail mentioned in the books of fiqh across the different madhahib. Now, what happens if somebody buys a product, but they've been cheated on the price? So, for example, you are new to a place and you go to a market. The seller looks at you and he takes a chance. And something that's worth $1,000, he tells you it's worth $5,000. And you end up buying it, not knowing the other prices in the market. This is called al-ghabn. And the condition for this, as the ulama say, إِذَا غُبِنَ فِي الْمَبِيعِ غَبْنًا يَخْرُجُ عَنِ الْعَادَةِ This cheating or this price increase should be big enough that it's not the norm. So for example, somebody is selling something for $10, a book for example, and you end up buying it for 11 That's not something that is abnormal or goes over what is the custom. all are close by. However, something that's being sold in the market for $10 and somebody charges you $20 and because you don't know the price. So basically here, this person who has been cheated when it comes to the price, he has a khiyar, he has a choice. He can go back to the seller and he can tell him that, you know what, you've uh, charged me a lot more or in our terms, you've ripped me off. And I want to give it back and get my money back. Such masail and such rulings exist in the Sharia. We should be aware of them. And also we should educate others. Another scenario. What happens if you've bought something from somebody, you've bought a product, but this person has hidden an aib. They have hidden a flaw or a defect. So for example, you want to buy a car and this person tells you that it's new, but It's been scratched and they've painted it. When you go to an expert or somebody who knows about cars, they tell you that, you know what, the front bumper has been hit and there are scratches. What this person did was they repainted it and they covered it. 
here again, you've been deceived. But not when it comes to the price. You've been deceived with the actual product. This is known as tadlis. And again, you as a buyer, you have a choice. You can go back to this person and you can tell them that, look, you told me the car was new. However, it's been bumped here and this, there were scratches and you've covered them up. So again, you can go back and tell the person that you don't want it anymore. You don't want this car. Or if you want to remain with the product, you want to remain with the car, it's up to you. But you should know your rights as a Muslim. The last khiyar I want to mention is to do with an aib. It's to do with a defect or a flaw. And the difference between this category and the previous one, the previous one, there was a defect to a flaw. However, the seller went and they tried to hide it. They tried to beautify it. They tried to make it appear like there was no flaw or no defect. That was the previous category. This category, no, you've bought something, but there's something wrong with it. When it comes to uyub, when it comes to these defects or these flaws, there's different ways of categorizing them. We can categorize them into three categories. The first is when you buy something that has a flaw in it, a defect, there's something wrong with it. After you buy it, this thing or this product still remains. It is still intact. So for example, if you bought a phone and you realize that the camera is not working here, the phone is still there. The second category is where this product is no longer present. So for example, you bought a phone and the camera wasn't working. However, later on towards the day, this phone got stolen or you dropped it into the sea, for example. So here there was a problem with the phone, but you lost the phone. So you can't give back the original product. The third category is to do with items that you can only know whether they are okay or not is if you open them. So for example, eggs and coconuts, canned food and uh, milk, etc. Here, this category has two subcategories. Those things that after you open them, you can still benefit from them. So for example, an ostrich egg. If the egg itself is not good inside, you can still benefit from the shell. People put it for decoration in the house. They write on it, etc. And the second subcategory are those things which after you open them, you can't benefit from them. So for example, you buy some milk or you buy a juice that's expired and it's gone off and so on and so forth. So this is a brief overview of these categories. Now let's go into a bit more detail. If you buy something from the first category and this product has a flaw in it. So again, our example, you've bought a phone and the camera doesn't work. Here you have two options. Either you keep this phone that the camera doesn't work and you ask the seller for the difference in value. So for example, the phone you bought, if the camera is working, it's worth $1,000, a normal new phone. However, if there are phones on the market, same like yours, where the camera is not working, they are selling them for $700. Here you've paid $1,000, you've got the phone thinking that the camera will work, its market value is actually 700. So you can keep this phone and ask the seller to give you 300 back. Or you can return the phone and tell them to give you your money back. Sometimes what the sellers do is you give them back the phone and they give you a new one. So this is the first category where this product still remains. The second category is when you buy something, this product has a flaw in it. However, after a while, this product no longer exists either because it's stolen or because you've lost it. 
here you only deserve the value of that aib or that defect. So coming back to our previous example, you bought a phone worth $1,000 and you went on a boat trip. As you are on the boat, you realized the camera doesn't work. However, during your trip, as you were going in and out of the boat, your phone fell into the water and you can no longer recover it. Here, the only thing that you deserve is the 300 on condition you're able to prove that it wasn't working. And there's a lot of ways to prove it today. When you unbox something and you've taken a video of it or you show that it doesn't work, sometimes with computers and that the software, they can see what problems it had. As long as you can prove it, you are entitled to what is known as an arsh. You can be compensated for the flaw that was in that product. The third category are those things which you don't know whether they are okay or they have flaws in them until you open them. And we mentioned there are two subcategories. The first is those things that after you open them, even though what is inside may not be good, you can still benefit from the outer shell. For example, an ostrich egg or a coconut. If you open a coconut and the water is not good, the inside of the coconut, you can still benefit from it. So here, what happens is, again, you have a few options. So let's say the whole coconut with the water is $10 without the water is $7. So here you can remain with this coconut and ask him for $3 back, those $3 to compensate for the water. The other option is you give him back that coconut and you pay for whatever it costs to break it. Remember, he can't benefit from it also. So for example, this coconut is worth $10. After you got the coconut and you opened it, you found that the water wasn't good. You give back this coconut. Obviously, your $10 will come back to you. And you pay that little bit for having broken the coconut, whatever is the norm and whatever is agreed upon. This subcategory, the first one, is to do with things that you can benefit with after you've opened them. The second category are those things that after you open them, you can't benefit from them. So for example, canned food or milk or yogurt, when you open it, if it's gone off or there's something wrong with it, you basically give it back and you get back your money. And some sellers, they don't want to take it back. They'll just give you your money as long as you can show them. Or even if you tell them that there was something wrong with it, they give you back your money. Why don't you have to pay anything extra? Because this product is not something that you can benefit from it after you've broken it. Again, we must remember that we are scratching the surface. There is a lot more detail when it comes to these masail, and the details have been mentioned in the books of fiqh. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us goodness and beneficial knowledge. Ameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.